0: chapter 3, and we'll begin in verse uh, 14. Why don't I read it first, and then we'll go back, okay, for, uh, beginning in verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, for this cause, Apostle Paul's writing, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know, everybody say know, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Everybody say knowledge that ye might be filled, everybody say filled, with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able, everybody say he's able. Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, hallelujah, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, Throughout all ages, world without end, Amen. Yes. Praise God. I've been trying to think what to call this message. I, I like to put a title on messages because it helps us to to focus uh, on uh, on the meaning and the the you know the the central theme. So I like to put a title on it. And uh, I <clears throat> I thought of this. Uh, it 's not not too sophisticated, but uh, it maybe it 'll work. Uh, call this the love that you can 't figure out how 's that? The love that you can 't figure out. there is a kind of love that you just can 't figure out that 's the love of God. Amen and in that nineteenth verse, he says that you might know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So he's praying a prayer here that we would know this love that you can't know. Because passeth means surpasses. It goes beyond knowledge. It's not something that you can figure out. You can't figure out what we're going to talk about today. You're going to have to apprehend this spiritually. You're going to have to receive it spiritually because this is a kind of love you can't figure out. I mean, you can't figure out why someone would hang on a cross and bleed to death for somebody that hated him. Hello? You know, Jesus made the statement, greater love hath no man than this, and he laid down his life for his friends. But Jesus even went further. He laid down his life for his enemies. Scripture said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I don't know about you, but I qualified. But he died for me. He took the first step, you know. And, And, you know, there's a human love, and there's an element of that that's good, you know. Praise God. I mean, human love is good. But God's love goes so far beyond any human love. Amen. In human love, you know, it's usually you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. As long as you treat me okay, you know, we'll get along. But if not, it may be overt or covert, but, you know, there's a reaction. Amen. But God's love just keeps on loving. He loves the unlovable. Amen. He loves that prodigal son that went away. Amen. He loves those that hate him. He loves those that curse him. He loves them. Praise God. Because he wants them to come back and have that relationship with him that he knows that's what they need. Praise God. That you might know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, I was thinking of an illustration. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm just kind of letting it flow here. But I was thinking of an illustration, you know, about love. To know the love. To know the love that surpasses knowledge. You know, uh, I could go over here and let's say if I needed gas and go to the gas station. And I might start talking to somebody and say, Say, you know, uh, Pastor Rich over there at the country church is really a man of love. I mean, he'd give you the shirt off his back, you know, or or at least his jacket. I mean, he really loves people, and that'd be true, right? That person would have some understanding about that love, but he wouldn't really know the love until he came and met Pastor Rich personally and interacted and received that nice jacket. I'm going to hear what I'm saying? So for us to comprehend God's love requires an interaction. Amen? It requires more than just, you know, somebody telling the story. It requires an actual contact with the person who loves, and that is God. And it's through our relationship with God that we can comprehend that love. Can I have an amen? Amen. Now, Paul is praying a prayer here, and there's actually two prayers in the book of Ephesians that Paul prays for the body of Christ. And one is in chapter 1, beginning in verse uh, 15, I believe, and to the end of that chapter. And that concerns Revelation that the truth of God's work in our lives would be revealed. And this particular prayer, then he prays again in chapter 3, that we would be strengthened by might, by His Spirit in the inner man. So one concerns revelation of the Word, really, and this concerns a strengthening by might, by His Holy Spirit in the inner man. How many know we need the work of the Holy Spirit in us? And Paul, you know, he, you know, the book only has six chapters and two of them he spent praying for the church. And I know, you know, a lot of times we pray for the lost. The Bible tells us to pray for all men and those that are in authority. But there's something that's also needed to focus on is to pray for the church. Because I want to tell you something. It's the church that's going to reach the world. God's heart is for the lost, but the church is the one that's going to reach the lost. Can I have an amen? So Paul is praying that the church would function as she is called to function so that God's purposes can come forth. That's why he starts out in that first uh, 14th verse there, he says, for this cause. How many know there's a cause? Remember David, when he went up against the giant and, and his brother was making fun of him? He says, is there not a cause? Amen. Uh, Paul was a purposeful man. He was not someone that was just, you know, living day, for day, day to day and just, you know, uh, what's for lunch now? And, you know, he, he had divine purpose in his life. Amen. He, he lived with a purpose. I mean, he was purposeful before he knew the Lord. But when Jesus got a hold of him, he was purposeful for the Lord. Can I have an amen? He lived according to his vision. Amen? The vision that God had given him for his life. And in this chapter, he's talking about the dispensation of grace that was given to him for the people. Amen? And he was talking to them about how the Gentiles would be fellow heirs and how God is putting together this body, his church, that made up of Jews and Gentiles, male, female, young, old. It is the supernatural body... That God is called to fulfill His divine purposes in the earth, and that's you. Somebody turn to somebody and say, "He's talking to you today." And try it again and say, "That means you." So this is a prayer for you. I would encourage you to pray this prayer, and also the one in chapter one, for yourself for your family members and for the body of Christ. Because this is a this is a spirit anointed prayer for the church. Because folks, there's more to God's plan in your life than just getting saved. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Now I don't I don't I, I was searching for the right words, right way to say that, because what can be greater than getting saved? Nothing can be greater than getting saved, but what I'm saying is that he's not done with you. Because if he was done with you, the best idea would be just to rapture you immediately. You know, hey, go to the, go to the barn revival, get saved, and blast off. Hallelujah. Doesn't sound so bad, does it? <laughs> but the truth is, God has divine purpose for you here here and now on this earth. Amen. He's wanting to bring forth something in the earth. We sang about it. Jesus be Jesus in me. He's wanting to bring forth Jesus in the earth. He's wanting to bring forth Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. That is the hope of the world that the body of Christ would move into the fullness of God like it talks about in this. That we would move into that fullness. You know, and Paul said in Philippians, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that high calling of God? To be like Jesus. And folks, you cannot do that in your natural self. You can only do that supernaturally with the power and the aid and the help of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why Paul is saying that, you know, praying that we would be strengthened by might by His Spirit in the inner man, that the Holy Spirit would infuse us with the life of God, would infuse us with the life of heaven, that we would carry that life out to a lost and dying world. And folks, not only to a lost and dying world, but to our brothers and sisters around us in the church. And not only to our brothers and sisters around us in the church, but to our own families. And if there ought to be love anywhere, it should be in a Christian home. But we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives in order for that to, be ha- to happen. It cannot happen, you know, just because you say, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Amen? You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work in you. You can even read the precepts and the teachings of the New Testament and understand how God wants you to live. But yet, you're going to need the help of the Holy Ghost to do that. You're going to need Christ living in you. Amen? Paul said, you know, I'm dead to the sin and alive unto God. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, you you see, the fleshly, carnal man needs to be crucified. Amen? The natural inclination to operate in the natural way has to be on the cross with Jesus. And the new man that's created... Uh, in Christ Jesus, in righteousness and true holiness, the new man, the new woman, the new person, the Christ-like person needs to come forth. Amen. And see, it's not automatic. You know, I know when I got born again, the Holy Spirit came in my life, man, a lot of things changed. A lot of things fell away. But I've got news for you. He's still working on me today. And I I venture to say he's probably still working on you today. So what is it that he's wanting to produce? He's wanting to produce Jesus in us, and he's wanting to produce love. He's wanting love in the body of Christ. He's wanting husbands to love their wives, wives to love their husbands. He's wanting, wanting us to love our children. He's wanting us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. He's wanting us to love the people in the world with Jesus' love. That's what's going to change the world. You know, a lot of people are looking for a revival today, and I am too. I'm expecting, I'm praying, I'm crying out to God for an awakening in the body of Christ. And we've seen moves of God. We've seen, you know, a move of faith. We've seen a move of Pentecostal, a Pentecostal move. We've seen a lot of different moves But I believe the last great move of God is going to be a move of love, supernatural love of God, where God's people have learned to walk in the love of God, that they can minister out of that place of love and bring forth the life of Jesus in these last days, that many can come back. Because what's the spirit of this world now? It's all hate and anger and fear. And we have to minister. We have to operate that opposite spirit. Amen? When we get squished, we need to ooze Jesus. (laughs) Amen? And if we're full of Jesus, we will. And so that's why he said that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. See, when you're filled with love, you're filled with Jesus. When you're filled with Jesus, you're filled with love. God is love. Amen? So he's praying for something. He says, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You know, that's interesting there. He says, according to the riches of his glory. Sometimes we read over these phrases, and, and it's just, you know, just a Bible word, Bible phrase. But you think about, he's praying a prayer, and he says that you would be strengthened according to his riches in glory. The full supply, in other words, of all that God has. The full supply. Does God have, does God have sufficient love? Does he have sufficient strength? Does he have sufficient power? He said you'd be, that you would be strengthened according to that power, that which is with God according to his treasury. Amen? Amen. You know, if you're going into business and you had a venture, venture capitalist working with you and they were supplying the money, amen, uh, you know, it might be that they had a limit, right? Well, we can go $100,000, but that's it. But if you have a really good venture capitalist, they've got a lot more. They can get behind you in a big way. Well, God can get behind you in a big way. He has infinite resources for you. You say, I just can't love that person. Well, isn't God big enough to help you love that person? (laughs) Hello? Hello? (laughs) And that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded. You know, when we... uh, plant, put a tree in or something like that. And then the next spring we think, well, that's that's kind of the wrong place. I have had this happen. In fact, I'm thinking about some trees right now that I wouldn't mind moving. But you take that tree and then you move it again, you know, you set it back. Right? How many have experienced that? I've got one uh, evergreen tree that, uh, well, I guess we bought it as a Christmas tree. So when you buy those Christmas trees and plant them, they're really slow anyway. And then we didn't like where it was, so we moved it. And it finally got going, I think after about 10 years now, it's about like this. But he says we need to be rooted and grounded in love. Amen? That means we need to be steadfast in his love yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? We can't be, you know, receiving of his love one day and the next not. We can't be giving of his love one day and not the next. We need to comprehend his love every day, amen, and steadfastly, so that we can grow in love. we need to get our roots down in love, and one of the important things is to realize that God loves you. I often think about that uh i don't know what if what it is, actually, but you've heard that where he loves me, I take a, a flower with the petals on it. How many of you know what I'm talking about it took, he loves me. He loves me. Now, lift your hand if you, if you know about this. Okay. I see some of the young people do, so it's not foreign. I have to check up on myself here, see if I'm talking about the dark ages or not. <laughs> he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Well, it depends on the last pedal, you know, whether he loves me or he loves me not. The last pedal, that's, what, that's the way it is. Well, that's the way some Christians are. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Big bill comes in the mail that you didn't expect. He loves me not. Right? Get a bonus at work. He loves me. Got trouble with your neighbor. He loves me not. Hello. Get a cold. He loves me not. Folks, he loves you every day. His love is consistent. Can I have an amen? Amen. So we have to be rooted and grounded in love. Like it said in Psalms, you know, uh, that we need to be like a man who's planted by the rivers of water, whose roots go deep. How do you do that? By meditating in God's word. We need to live by God's word instead of by the circumstance. We need not to determine God's love for us based on the circumstances of life. But by God's word, because it's always true. Can I have it? Amen. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge. That you might know the, the breadth of his love, the depth of his love, the height of his love, the dimensions, the full. You know, God's love is as big as the universe. And that's big. And he loves you. I know when Jesus came into my life, It was such a revelation. Well, actually, when the Lord spoke to me and told me to turn from the things of the world, at that moment, I realized his love, that this great big God would speak to little old me sitting in an old beat-up pickup truck in front of a ramshackle house in the woods. He spoke to Tom Shanklin. He cared that much about me. He spoke to me. His love is so big. It's so deep. He'll go way down, and he'll bring you way up. Can I have an amen? All right, so I want to talk to you about three things today. God's love for you, God's love in you, and God's love through you. All right? God's love for you, God's love in you, and God's love through you. First of all, God's love for you. Let's turn back into Ephesians chapter 2, and let's look at verses 1 through 6. I like chapter 2. To me, I I think of chapter 2 of Ephesians as the the were-are chapter. This is what you were, now this is who you are. This is what you had, this is what you have. It's a, it's a, it's a uh, chapter of contrast between the old life and the new life. And he said in verse 1, he says, And you hath he quickened, or made alive, hallelujah, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein, in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. By the way, don't ever think, you know, that you're so high and mighty over the people that aren't walking with the Lord because you were there one time yourself. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So don't put your nose up in the air too high (laughs) because besides all that, whatever you have, you got it from him. Amen? Amen. But see what it says about these folks that were out of the will of God, that were children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4, but God, everybody say, but God, But God. God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, Wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you know that God is rich in mercy? Did you know that he has great love for you? Did you know he has great love for your neighbor? Did you know he has great love for that relative that just doesn't know how to treat you right? Hello? Did you know he has great love for the enemies of God? So much so he sent Jesus to die for them. He has compassion for those that are out of the way. Amen? It's not based on performance. It's based on who he is. He is a God of love. Amen. The Lord has compassion on the people that are out of the way. You know why people aren't receiving the gospel? It's because their minds are blinded. Amen. They're in deception. They're to be pitied. Amen. We are to have compassion on those that are out of the way just like he does. Amen. God loves people. Amen. So we're talking about God's love for you. Now, notice in the first chapter of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. So God loves those that are out of the way, but here he says, you're accepted in the beloved. When we come to the Lord, we come into his family love. Amen? We come into that love that where we are loved by our Father. Amen? We're accepted in the beloved. You know, this is such an important revelation because it's really impossible for us to love others until we receive God's love ourselves. Amen? And many Christians are living under rejection or condemnation. And the Bible says... You, Christian, are accepted in the beloved. And he didn't accept you because you're perfect. He accepted you because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary. Amen? Because you said, yes, I receive that gift of eternal life, and I confess Jesus is the Lord of my life. He changes you, and he brings you into the beloved. Amen? And that's a... You know, the first work of the Holy Spirit in uh, the new Christian is to let them know they're a child of God, to let them know they're in that family. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so God's love for you, then God's love in you. I want you to notice in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. This is Paul's first prayer that I had mentioned to you before. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He's talking to this church at, at, at Ephesus, and he says, I've been praying for you ever since you got saved. Now, what was the evidence of their salvation? Well, they had faith in the Lord Jesus and Love unto all the saints. Amen? Love is part of God's work of salvation in us. When I came to the Lord back in 1977, before that time, uh, anybody that didn't have, you know, that wasn't a long-haired hippie type, I didn't want to have anything to do with them. Okay? I mean, I would just walk across the street the other way. I just had my little group type of people, and that was it. All of a sudden, I got saved I'm loving all these people that I couldn't stand before. Amen? Because love comes in your heart when you're born again. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Well, in your heart is in your spirit, because your spirit is recreated in Christ Jesus. And when in that happens, you have love. You say, well, yeah, sometimes I get mad, though. Yeah, so do I. But see, that all pertains to the fleshly outer nature. That's the part that has to come in subjection. That part needs to be crucified so the true part can come forth in your life. Amen? Because there is love in there. Amen? And he wants you to be rooted and grounded in that love. So you can comprehend with all the saints the length, the breadth, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge. So you need to understand, not only does God loves you, love you, but his love is in you. Hallelujah. You know, turn to your neighbor and say, his love's in you. Tell him, his love's in you. His love's in you. And try it again, say, it It really is. is. (laughs) See, this is the thing. His love is in you. Hallelujah. Now, turn over to, I'm going to share another prayer in John 17. Praise God for Paul's prayer. But hey, let's get to Jesus' prayer for the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus' prayer for the church and uh, in the 17th chapter of John. And I want you to notice in the 20th verse now. And Jesus is praying for his disciples and for us. He says, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. How many have believed in Jesus? This is a prayer for you. All right? That they all may be what? 17,000 different denominations. <laughs> no, you didn't pray that. That they all may be uno, one. As, okay, I mean, there's a oneness, but then there's a oneness, right? I mean you could say the United States is one. I mean we're one nation, but he's talking about something more than what we got in the United States, okay? He says that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee. In other words, I'm praying that they'll have the same unity, Father, that we have. That's amazing. For what purpose? that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. This love we're talking about, if we can get it operating, is going to reach this world. That's why I say this is going to be the last great revival on this earth before the coming of the Lord. It's going to be a revival of love. And yet the script the scripture said that in the last days the love of many will wax cold. That's the spirit of this world. It's getting angrier and angrier. And we've got to be different. We've got to be like Jesus. And I want to tell you something. No matter how hard you try, you can't do it. Unless you let the Holy Spirit live in you. And the glory... Which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. The glory that you gave me, the glory of God, the majesty of God that came into Jesus' life. You know, he he was filled with the Holy Spirit when he was baptized. The glory of God upon Jesus. He says, that glory... I have given them not a different glory, not a weaker glory, amen, not a 10% glory, a full, you know, the Bible said, of his fullness have we all received, amen, and grace for grace. Verse 23, I in them and thou in me, I in them and thou in me, Father, you're in me. You're in unity with me, and I'm coming in them. I'm coming in union with them. The Scripture said in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 6.17, or I think it's 1 Corinthians 6.17, that he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Think of it. The spirit of Christ lives in you. The glory of God lives in you. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect or complete in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them. How? And We, we just talk about how God loves you. we're, we're going to learn something about the breadth, the depth, the height, and the width of that. Father, you have loved them as you have loved me. We have any English scholars here that can tell me what the word as means? Like, just like, just like. I think one translation says it that way. Just like. Just, just like. Folks, grasp this today. You can't figure it out. It's a love you can't figure out, but you can grasp it. That word comprehend, that you may comprehend with all the saints, it it means literally to grasp. You need to grasp this, that your father loves you as he loved Jesus. You have to remove the veil of religious tradition that keeps you from receiving the full impact of what we're saying today. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Everybody say, thank you, Lord, for your word. You said your tradition has made the word of God of none effect. So in the name of Jesus, I renounce every religious tradition that keeps me from seeing the vastness of your love and what it is that you have really done for me. Father, I receive your love, the fullness of your love into my heart. I receive the reality that you love me and that your love is in me and I believe you will love through me just as Jesus loved in Jesus name as thou hast loved me I can't always read my writing but I have a note here as much as does anybody have a version that says as much as? Anybody have the new King James? I wonder if that might be the new King James. Anybody have a new King James with that verse? Verse twenty three? Anybody have a new King James? Lift your hand if you have a new King James. Don't believe in that Bible? Okay. What's it say? the same. One translation says as much as. (laughs) What's that? Even Even as. All right. Anything else? Even as. That's good. All right. Father, I will. Let me think. Jesus gets his way. I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. We read that verse earlier, that we're seated together in heavenly places with him. We're in relationship with the Lord in heavenly places. Somebody said, last time I checked, I'm right here on the earth. (laughs) But your spirit is connected in heavenly places. You're one with Christ. (laughs) I will, Father, that they be with me where I am. Yeah, one day in its completeness, we'll, we'll leave these bodies. We'll be with the Lord. But we're to walk with the Lord daily. That's how we can be rooted and grounded in love. Amen? Oh, I tell you what. I think I would just get tired of Sunday morning Christianity. I want, I want a seven-day, 24-hour-a-day relationship with the Lord. Amen? Amen? That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Everybody say, love is in me. me. Christ Christ is in me. I have his glory. I'm with the Lord. I'm united with him. My father loves me. Just like he loved Jesus. (laughs) What an amazing truth. Amen? If If that doesn't make us secure, what could? Amen? So God's love for you, God's love in you, and just finally, God's love through you. God's love through you. Let's flip back to John 15 and verse 9. Of course, this is a chapter where Jesus is talking about abiding in him. The only way we can bring forth fruit is by Living in him, living in relationship with him. Not churchianity, (laughs) Christianity. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? Amen. Now, he says, as my father, we're in verse 9, as my father has loved me. How many think the father loved Jesus? So have I loved you. How many think Jesus loved his disciples? With the Father's love. All right? Continue ye in my love. Everybody say continue. So you see the pattern. God loved Jesus. Jesus loves you. You continue. You continue in this love pattern. You let that love of God, which has been shown to you and placed in you, flow out to people. Amen. I think of that scripture where they, they came uh, and, and they said uh, to the disciples, Sir, we would see Jesus. Remember that one? We would see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. The world wants to see Jesus. And I didn't even get to preaching on that on that one verse in, in uh, chapter 3, verse 20, where he says, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's able to do exceeding. I can ask and think a lot. How about you? Sometimes the prayer is, Lord, change me. And that might be a tall order. But he's able to do it. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to what? According to the power that works in us. How does God work in us? How does God work through his body? You know, all the time people say, well, why doesn't God do something about X, Y, Z? I'm just tired of X, Y, Z. Why doesn't God do something about that? Well, why don't you do something about it? (laughs) Why don't you do something about it with his power in you? Why don't you take authority? Why don't you release Christ into that situation? You know, not too long ago, there was this big conglomerate called the USSR under communism. And you know what happened? Some believers in there got a hold of the message that they could use their authority in prayer, and they began to pray, and communism crumbled. Things can change through the power of the Holy Spirit in God's people. Amen. Amen. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You say, well, God, why don't you do something about this situation in my family? You do it. You pray it. You release it. You release the love of God. I know there's some tough situations. I've, I've been in and am in, am in some of those myself. Amen? So I'm not criticizing. I'm encouraging you. Amen? That Christ is in you. That Jesus lives in you. Amen? Don't put the whole ball in God's court. Some of it's in our court too, amen? Amen. We've got this hope of glory, amen? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that works in you. Let that power work in you. Let the love of Jesus work in you, amen? Grow in love. Get your roots down deep in love. Don't be, he loves me, he loves me not, amen? Get your roots down. How many problems do we have in families in the body of Christ because of rejection? Amen. We've got to get rooted. Amen. We've got to get rooted and grounded in love. Amen. We've got to get our roots down deep in Jesus. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. You know, the scriptures tell us that love is the fulfilling of the law. You know, if you love, you're not going to steal, you're not going to murder, you're not going to commit adultery. All these sins of the flesh are because of not walking in love. But when we walk in love, we flow in love, amen? That's God's law working in our heart. these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. He doesn't say, these things have I spoken unto you because I really want to make your life hard. You know, I really want to make it tedious, you know, trying to walk in love, put you in a straitjacket. (laughs) No, he says, I'm telling you this so you can have full joy. How many want to have full joy? The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy. Amen. Jesus said, when you're walking in love, you'll have joy. Amen. So when we're not in joy, there's one place to check up real quick. (laughs) Amen. Is how's the love walk? How many are here today? (laughs) Amen. Amen. So we've got to cultivate that love, amen. And when we do, we'll have the joy. I want you, the devil wants the church to be grumpy, amen. The devil wants you grumpy. The, the devil wants you grumpy towards your husband, towards your wife, towards the community, towards the people you work towards for in the church. He wants you grumpy. God wants you to be full of life, full of joy. Amen? He said, these things have I spoken in you so that my joy might remain in you. See, because it's not just receiving God's love. It's giving God's love. You will never comprehend God's love without walking in the love. Amen? You have to practice love to begin to understand and comprehend God's love. You have to lay down your life in order to understand Jesus laying down his life. Amen? And, and you know, that requires sometimes some people in your pathway that you would rather not be there sometimes. Some difficult relationships that you might experience in life. But you know what? If you didn't have any of those difficulties, how would you ever grow in love? You just go around and say, I'm full of love, I'm full of love, you know. But you just love people that are easy to love. It's when you can love people that aren't easy to love that you begin to experience and walk in the light of God's love. Amen? When you overcome in relationships difficulties that are impossible, then you begin to understand the love of Christ. You begin to walk in the light of it. It becomes real to you. See, things don't really become real to you until you begin to walk them out. Amen? Amen? We have some. How many butchers do we have here? We got one. Trent's not here. Trent's a butcher. Okay. And what's your name again, brother? Hi, sorry, I keep forgetting. Phil. Okay. You know we work on these names, on the. <laughs> and was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a note of that, Phil. <laughs> and we also have Dean. Dean's a butcher, ex butcher, and we have Trent, who's not here. Any other butchers? Who? Angie's not a butcher. butcher. She's a butcher, too? All right. (laughs) But let me ask you a question now. How much about butchering could you learn from reading a book? You learn butchering by butchering, right? I mean... You, you know, thank God you probably have an apprentice. I mean, you have somebody to apprentice you, to train you, right? And that's what the body of Christ is. We're to train one another in this, amen? But walking in love, the only way you can learn about love is to practice it. Yeah. You know, start in your own home. Start with your, your wife. Yeah. Amen. You know, I mean, it's so easy to fly off the handle at your at your wife. You know, you can say anything, you know? Then the Holy Spirit says, Shouldn't have done that, boy. Yes, Lord, I'm sorry. Honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Work on it. Amen. Work on letting Christ love, letting his compassion come out. You know, start caring. Caring. That's what Jesus did. Jesus cares. <laughs> Sounds like a cliche, but it, it's true. He cares. And see, he cares through you. This is, I believe, how the body of Christ is going to fulfill its ministry in these last days. These things have I spoken unto you that, your joy, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Notice he said my joy. It's not just happy. It's not just getting happy. It's his joy. It's also his love. He never told you to love somebody with human love. He says, love them with my love. I found that to be true. When I'm ministering to somebody that, you know, my natural man doesn't want to do, I just say, Lord, you love them. And just begin to pray. Just pray. Prayer is so important. Just pray. Just pray for them. And his love. Then his love will flow. His love will flow. You know, Jesus said, pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. He says, be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful, that you might be the children of your Father. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another. There's that word again. As. Everybody say as. As. What did that mean? Who's the English professor over here that gave me that last? What's that mean, as? As. Like, in the same way. Love one another in the same way that I have loved you. If he told us to love, you know, like uh, one scripture said, love, uh, love your neighbor as yourself, that's a tall order. But here he says, love them like I love them. Love your wife like I love the church, Right? Love people the way I love people. Takes the Holy Ghost. How many is getting something out of this? You're a quiet bunch today. Praise the Lord. All right. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you as friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Friends with Jesus. We're in the society of friends. (laughs) And Jesus is part of this. And God is part of this. And the Holy Ghost is part of this. John says in, in uh, his, uh, his epistle, uh, we have fellowship with one another, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We're in a, a love circle with the Lord. God's in this thing. We have supernatural love in our lives, in our church. Amen. Man. Man. Well, if that doesn't turn you off on, it ought to. Amen? Because there's so much potential. He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. So I, I challenge you to grasp God's love. Amen? Grasp that he loves you. Grasp that his love really is in you. And grasp that he loves People through you, and I tell you that'll bring healing. That'll bring healing in families, and churches, and in communities. We're going to see people's lives changed. Amen. Amen. It's not always just preaching at people that's going to get them changed. It's going to be God's love in action. Amen. And I believe that that will bring a supernatural—the supernatural power of God—is healing. Uh, miracles and ministry. As we walk in God's love, in Jesus' name. So, <clears throat> as we read there in Ephesians, you has quicken who was, who were dead in your trespasses and sins. You know the first step is. To, to have love at all, we have to be born again. We have to have Jesus Christ come into our lives when. Remember, we, we read that scripture, ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love towards all the saints. When faith comes, love comes. So the first step is you must be born again. Amen. You've got to get that new nature. How do you get that? You pray. You repent of your sins, and you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And he will come into your life, and he'll make you different than you ever were before. How many can attest to that fact that it's true? Yeah. You become different than you ever were before. And, you know, you, maybe you heard a message like this, and you say, well, you know, I fall a little short in my love walk. You know, I don't know. But I, I want to tell you something. You're born again. There's love in there. Yeah. It might be calloused over a bit. Amen. <laughs> it might need some calluses removed today. Amen. But his love's in you. Amen. That's, that's the new birth. And, and it's a mark of the new birth. Amen. But if you've never been born again, and you would like to today, this is a great opportunity to do that. So I'm going to invite you to come in just a minute and pray with me. But first of all, why don't we just bow our heads and we'll do it privately, and then I'll invite you to come, come and pray with me uh, concerning this. Uh, how many today would say, I need Jesus in my life. I need to accept him as my Lord and Savior. I need to be born again. And I want to do it today. I want to make a clean break from the old life and be changed by God's power today. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Okay, I see that hand. Here's there others? I see your hand. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. That's great. Is there anyone else? All right. Okay, now I'd like to invite those of you that raised your hand. If you just come, I'd like to just pray with you. Just pray a simple prayer with you. If you would come. And we'll pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Here comes a Viking. Bless you. What's your name? Uh, Eric Clark. Eric Clark. Bless you, Eric. Praise God. Now, there was one other. You can you can just turn this way. You just look at me. Eric, just turn around and look at me here. Look at, yeah, look, just look at me. Anyone else like to come and pray? Don't be embarrassed. Stretch your hands towards Eric. Let's bless him. Thank you, Lord, for this man. I thank you that you've touched his heart today. And you've drawn him to you and to the foot of the cross. And, Lord, so I I pray your blessing on this man's life. And I thank you, Lord, that today will be just a, a watershed day. It will be a big change in his life that you're going to come in his heart you're going to make him new and you're going to give him life and you're going to give him a new expectation in life too lord so i thank you for this father in jesus precious name just say eric just say dear father i thank you for jesus i thank you for jesus i believe he died for me i believe he died for me so my life could be changed so my life could be changed i believe he rose from the dead Today I, today I confess Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Is, my Lord and is my Lord and Savior. I turn away from my sin, away from my sin. and, choose to, you, Lord. and choose to follow you, Lord. Thank you for making me new, thank you for making me new. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Give God praise. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that witness of the Spirit that his life is changed and he is accepted and a beloved today in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota 56002.